Welcome to the show, Kelsey and Ryan. I like having co-hosts. I love having co-hosts. And since seeing as Ryan and I just spent the last week together and we're basically brothers now from yeah. another mother, it was nice to have Ryan on a show because he has a dynamic background. And I thought with Kelsey coming on with her background and the things that we want to talk about, seeing as we all just came back from SHOT Show, is <laughs> our identity. Welcome to the show, Kelsey. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you guys uh, so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. I don't know how we miss each other. I was just saying that. I that's the worst when you're like you were there and I was there, but we didn't high five. How is that possible? There are so many people that were there that it was just uh, at Ryan and I were just exhausted. I don't know about you, but at the end of the week, but I just I. <laughs> I saw some people. I'm like, you know what? I want to go to some smaller events and I want to just spend some time with people. Mm-hmm. The shot is just overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Well, for me, I'd never <laughs> been to Shot Show. Um, I I normally my business is predominantly well, it was, I would say, it was predominantly in the fashion industry, um, in the mental health space. And uh, I was just the odd duck in that space. So I'd never actually attended. I normally go to Vegas for magic, which is like the fashion trade show where all the buyers come. Um, so this was needless to say, just a small dynamic change from, um, you know, like, don't you love my outfit to like, do you want to shoot this gun? Like it was the best. It was, it made me so happy in, in, in every which way. And I was just, um, I was welcomed in with open arms and it was kind of my first real experience into, um, or people getting to see me in person or, talking to me in person or, you know, those types of things. So I had hooked up with a few guys in the industry and done some gone down and done their podcasts and things like that. But, and they had spent time with me, but for a larger group that I was kind of meeting for the first time and I'd talked to for two years, um, it was so cool to just get to connect in person. And so everyone was so welcoming and I love shot show so much. Oh man. You know, next time I go, whether it's in Vegas, Florida or anything, I'm actually going to bring gear. I'm going to plan this ahead of time, and I'm actually going to go for the whole week, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to kill myself on the floor. I'm going to rent a room <laughs> in one of the motels where it's at, and I'm going to set up a little podcast studio, and I'm going to do some shows. I want to do two or three shows because then I'm sitting That's what down. I, did? I I should have. I, I wasn't even mm-hmm. thinking. Last time I went, I brought all my gear and didn't do a show, so this one I'm like, ah, just go and make some contacts. But mm-hmm. then if I, no, then fair. it gets people just to, just to sit down for a little while. Yeah. And you're not going to get that time on the floor with them like you would. And um, in being in the space that we are, there's so many different dynamics and people are all there for different reasons. And a lot of times it is, you know, at the very base of it and the core of it and the net, you know, the necessity of SHOT Show is really the connection. And it's the really the bringing people together and and building bonds. And if you can find a unique, different way of doing it instead of instead of trying to sell them something, if you can just say, hey, I want to talk to you, not only does that you know, help solidify real relationships, but, but relationships that aren't necessarily for any sort of like financial benefit or like, how do I get something out of you? And it's, this is just a conversation. I'm not, I just, I ask a little bit of your time. I don't, I am not like, Hey, give me everything you have. I don't. So I think that's the difference too, right? With talking about, 
Are you talking about the uh, lost art of interpersonal communication, which people no longer know how to do anymore? Just walk mean, up and say, hey, I don't want anything from you. I just want to say hi. You you mean the emotional immaturity of our children and moving up generation? <laughs> you mean that struggle of just the inability to actually form thought and all of those lovely things? Yeah. People don't know how to do that. And well, if, you don't, if you don't send it to me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm not going to know what you're talking about. So. Oh, well, I mean, hey, if that's the way you communicate, then I, I'm here for you. But it's true. It's that's the I use those things as tools. Um, I use them strictly as tools. So when you see me posting like something about a podcast, I'm using it as a tool. I don't use that is not where I, I I keep my relationships. That's not how I am. I am as a person. I'm I'm kind of a needy friend. <laughs> like when I'm, you get to know, I'm like needy. So when I get to know people, I want to spend time with them. And I think it's important. And um, that is a lost art. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not. So yeah, go podcast there. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing though, is like, so I knew Ryan from the show and I knew him from Instagram and, and stuff like that. And it's the same thing with you is like, if I'm sure if I met you in person, it would be a completely different dynamic. Cause this is my radio voice and this is my, my IG me, but when you get there, it's just, it's very nice to actually get that interpersonal communication away from the social media and away from this facade and, and just being kind of quasi authentic as you can be after a few drinks in you. Well, you know what I think it is? <laughs> yeah, I know what I think it is, sure. is like, um, for me personally, kind of what you're getting right now is what you're going to get in person. I'm the only difference is I don't wiggle as much in my chair because I'm trying to get comfortable, but, um, but you're going to get the exact same. The only difference you get with me is I'm, uh, I have a resting bitch face worse than anybody you'll ever see. I've mastered that. Like there's no tomorrow and, uh, I'm really small. That has been, that has been the <laughs> shot show takeaway. Oh, you're way shorter in person. <laughs> so, you know, I think I'm, I think I, I'm pretty authentic in that sense. I mean, you're, you do something a little different than I do, Jason. Like you have different hats. Um, I have different hats, but I'm still don't have to kind of be, um, there isn't rules to kind of what I do in the fashion space. There isn't rules to what I do in the podcast. It's just kind of like vomit on you with who I am. And if you don't like it, I apologize. Um, but for you, you go to court, you do all these different kind of cool things. It's really unique the way you're able to actually change and adapt to, to what you're doing. I think the biggest thing about that is that's why I always show a picture with me with a suit on and may have shorts on underneath, but just so <laughs> people know, like that guy actually does wear something other than a t-shirt and a baseball hat. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know. I know I did similar thing, man. It's a problem. Why'd you see, you know, my goal in life for this year. And I think with this, one of the things we'll talk about today is podcasting is, you know, I hit 22 years in law enforcement. I've been in this uh, service to the government crap for almost 30 years. (laughs) to count the military and everything, but I'm looking at 50 coming up and I'm like, you know, I want to focus on things that are fun, having good conversations with people, meeting good people, telling good stories, having a lot of guests on from a diverse background having different types of people link up together through my show and just talk shit, you know, talk yes. complete shit and just have fun. And, and I want to learn. That's why one of the reasons I want to have you on today is your story has been told a lot. Your, your combat experience, your post-traumatic stress, um, dealing with loss, but there's another part of you. There's the business acumen you have going on and redeveloping your brand. And that's one thing Ryan and I were talking about is redeveloping. And, and learning more about who we are after this military identity is over. So let's talk about, you know, you get back from the war, 
you're moving on. Where did this concept of brass and unity come from? Oh, yeah. Art therapy, dude. So I, uh, it's an amazing thing. And I think so many people now are kind of, um, people are now are kind of catching on. There's something to um, looking at things differently, right? And, and and I mean PTS and all of it looking at it completely differently and kind of going, okay, well, these traditional methods aren't enough anymore. We need to modernize. We need to think outside the box. And fortunately enough, I had a I still have. He's he's my old man, I call him. My doctor, Dr. Greg Passy, he is um Bosnian Rwanda vet, one of the most badass humans to exist, medic, and he's ruthless, but he does not take my shit. Um he calls it out. And he, he said to me, like, you know, I think you need to try something. And you need to think you need to try our therapy. Let's give that a go. And he's this was back in 15. Right. Um, so he he was a little more ahead of his time. He prescribed cannabis to me. I was I got cannabis access very early before it was legal in Canada. Um, and I'm I'm fortunate to have benefits through Veterans Affairs to actually provide me with my medication, which is my cannabis. Um, that's been one of the only positive things to come out of Vets Affairs for me personally, but it's been a great one. So I'll take it. But Dr. Passy thinks differently. He opens his mind up to other opportunities. So art therapy took that had zero inclination as to what that meant, how to do that, where to go, how to, how to, how to life. And, um, so I taught myself everything on the kitchen table with a pipe cutter, a drill and a hammer. And I think most people can do that. I think we often, um, we as vets or people with trauma or people coming out of something that are moving on to something new, we often kind of pigeonhole ourselves because most of the time we're just, we can't see past um, like the next day or like that week or even that month. And so you can't think about other things like being creative. It's, it's no different than when you talk to um, Yonmi Park, she describes like when you're, um, when you're starving all the time, you can't think about anything else. Can't think your way out of something. You can't better your, you can't because you're so focused. And for me, I was so, my brain was so focused on the trauma and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop the videotape. So when art therapy happened and I just um, started beating on the kitchen table with a bunch of brass casings and some beads, it, there's something happened. My mind became still for like a second. Right. And um, it became the silver bullet. Ha, pun intended. But it's true. It did. And um, there is something to be said about art therapy. It's fucking fantastic. And I'm, I'm a massive proponent of it. And, th and that can be in any way writing, reading, journaling, yoga, fitness, guns, fucking an obsession about something that you feel like you can better the world and yourself with. Um, so, art therapy, you can take it and create, just create. Doesn't matter what, just create something. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, art therapy, Dr. Passy's badass. And um, we took it from there. And from then on, I kind of went through a sequence of events where I had, there was a lot of things like, I call it luck. People say, don't say that about yourself. Um, right situation, right, made a right choice to be in the right place at the right time to talk to the right person. Opportunities came, um, did some charity events. And that's kind of what we do, right? Our stuff now is it's the vehicle to put the money in the hands of the people, um, in the hands of the people that are doing this work. So the charities and the organizations. I'm not a nonprofit. I don't claim to be. I am a total for-profit company. That being said, I donate 20% of my net proceeds and I don't pay myself and I never have. So we take everything. So this gave me everything, right? This this art therapy, this bracelet, this jewelry, whatever, however it started, this gave me a life again. This gave me me again. And it gave me an opportunity then to take that and give it back. And so 
it gave me a purpose. It gave me life and it gave me meaning. And it's all because of a bullet casing and some beads and a doctor who doesn't take shit. Yeah. I like, I like the transition point of finding something to me. It's podcasting. And I wrote the books, mm-hmm. you know, and I must throw a big shout out to Ryan because he wrote. Tip yes. Square. I haven't read this yet, but I want to read this because I, somebody recommended it to me and then we connected and I was like, Oh, that's that dude. It's yeah. Well, his. that's, that's, um, that's your art therapy. Um, in a in between uh book covers right there yeah same thing same exact thing so actually what you just said um all i have to do is to be like yeah what she said because that's exactly (laughs) that's that that's it so i don't yeah well i'm i'm glad man i'm stoked that you found it because it's it's pretty damn special when you can not only provide healing for yourself through art therapy but then you're able to then turn around and and create something that somebody else is going to read and go, holy shit, I see myself in them and I feel like I can get through or I can do this or I can try. That's that's the therapeutic part for me is number one, before I actually wrote the book, I didn't realize how big of an asshole I actually was. And it it took, it took me getting blown up and laying there, you know, on the ground after I stepped on the IED and I had all these, man, I, you know, the reflections back, your team can't get to you. You're in an IED field and all this other crap. And, um, and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm going to die here today. And so then you start to reflect back on, on, on the bastard you were, because it's very hard to look back on, you know what, look at everything great. I did that doesn't happen in that time. It's like, wow, I fucked this up. I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I treated people, whatever it was. And so when I survived, my dad, he told me, he said, you got, you know, even though you can't see it right now, um, you got handed the golden ticket, you know, you got the Willy Wonka ticket right here. And that is the reset. You get to go back and everything that you were laying on, you know, you're, you're on the ground there outside that, that shit village in Afghanistan, knowing you're going to die. Now you can go back and all those, I wish I would have, you can now do that. But it's up to you. It's up to you to do that. And so through writing, because it started off as a journal, um, I had the same thing. I kept going back. I kept going back to Afghanistan and back to Afghanistan. And I but I I kept putting all of my mental issues in my tool bag. And Mm. our chaplain, he told me, he said, Hey, have you ever thought about writing? Because my biggest thing was, you know, like Jason and I, we could we could go out and have a few drinks and I could spill my guts to him and he could spill his guts to me. And then when he goes home, he goes back to his life. When I go home, I go back to my life mm-hmm. and, and nothing, it's all dead air. Nothing was really resolved. And he said, have you ever thought about writing? And so that book right there, it was all journaling and slowly, but um, surely I started to, um, <clears throat> you know, actually see who Ryan Hendrickson is like, and I didn't, I, I was kind of like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I don't really like some of what I'm seeing here. How did I not know this before? Cause I was so stuck on myself and so arrogant that I couldn't actually see that you're, you're a bastard, bro. And so I just kept writing and writing and writing and it just poured out. And then next thing I know, you know, it's there, people could actually, th- this could help somebody maybe one day. And so that's why that's what, that's what's between the covers right there. And that really cheesy photo on the front is it's not is, cheesy <laughs> there's a there's a story behind that photo but 
yeah, Tell that's, me about that's, it. What, that's what it is, is it's, you know, that book is me finding myself and not really liking what I found. Uh, but the photo on the front happened here. So if you go to any army regulation at all, every bit of me right there is wrong. Um, I have a ball cap on <laughs> where, you know, and so all the wrong and, things. Yeah. And so we had just finished clearing this, this mud hut, um, actually the village, but I was heading upstairs, um, because I, I had to take a shit and I'm walking up Fair. the mud, mud hut stairs. And my buddy's like, bro flex. And so I did. And he snapped the picture. <laughs> so when the publisher, they were like, send us all kinds of pictures so we can figure out a cover. No, for you. you shouldn't have sent that one. You know, that's always going to be the one they're going to pick. <laughs> So I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I, I'm just sending, you know, four or 500 pictures and they come back and they were like, we love this shot. You're in action. You're <laughs> waving men forward to follow you. And I was like, uh, <laughs> that's uh, not what it was. Yeah. You know what? When I looked at this picture until you just said that, I thought that was like you, you talking into a mic. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. wow, he's, he's, he's talking in a mic. He's clearing things. It's like so cool. <laughs> no, I'm going upstairs well, to take not. a shit before we move on to the next set of compounds. And yeah, it's, he's flex. And so I like the flex. So boom, got it. Well, <laughs> well, both I mean, you guys, hey. Both of you guys have these like interesting, very kind of reflective, kind of life-changing experiences in a military. And I always give this little talk about people in the military because, you know, I I was a 90s kid in the military. And then I, I got recalled at a tour later on in 05, 06. But it, it's, a, it's a chapter in my life, but it shouldn't define everything about me. And Ryan, just like you said, and Kelsey, you didn't it's you're transitioning into this next chapter. You're in this next chapter. You're like skip two yes. chapters ahead. And now you're in this point. And now is the point where I. When we get out of that battle space of our head and we say, okay, what is going to, what's my next definition? What is my next chapter? And, and Kelsey, that's one thing I want from you because you, you're successfully doing it. You've been a guest on a lot of great podcasts. Protectors probably being one of the best you've ever been on. Obviously. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. the thing is you, um, the business, everything is taking off for you. But how did you make that transition to, Yes, you're still suffering with pain. You're always going to have something in the back of your mind thinking about it. You're always going to have this feeling that you need to help, 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 help. That's what mm -hmm. a lot of us want to do. We have that empathetic, empathetic em empathy. So how did you, mm -hmm. how are you transitioning and, and what kind of advice would you have for transitioning? Oh, yeah. That's a loaded question. I was, just, I was putting yeah, my head exactly. down there while you were saying that. I was like, I'm just going to absorb that for a second. I'm going to try to absorb that the, much, the best I can because that's a, that's a, that's a lot. Um, number one, thank you. That you said a lot of really kind things there at the beginning. I really appreciate that. Um, I believe I am doing the, my best version of what I think is the right thing. Um, and I believe that I am. I'm trying to be incredibly helpful in any way possible because I have this innate need um, and obsessiveness of, and I'm really protective. I just, I don't know. I just, I get weird about things like that and people. And I, I guess I'm super empathetic and um, 
I take on people's pain and I don't want to see people suffer and, you know, any more than they need to be. I believe there is some suffering that is necessary in the world to become um, a good person. Right. I think you need some diversity or adversity in your life. That being said, you know, variations of that is always a, they don't always need to be at the extreme, but um, I, you know, I, I don't know how I got here. I think I got here with a couple big uh, key things for me. Not like I can't point to, I can point to a couple moments that were pretty pivotal, uh, pivotal in in me meeting so and so to get to someone else, maybe. Um, but for the most part, I think across the board, it's been put me forward um, unapologetically, um, as humble and as uh, ruthlessly. Um, relentless as possible and be consistent and, um, always ask They're the worst thing someone can ever say to you is no. Um, I've always made my intentions very clear when I've wanted something, um, or the goals I have in mind. And I've made it clear, um, you know, by using social media in terms of like, say the fashion industry, for example, I walked into the fashion industry and within my first five years, we were nominated for a fashion award, um, a nationally, you know, recognized one and, um, for philanthropic work in fashion. So I'm not saying that to be like, look at me. I'm saying that to say like, you can do that, but I got to tell you it, it took, you know, 12, 14 hour days. It took, um, massive sacrifice. It took severe breakdown over and over. Um, it took a couple really bad suicidal bouts. It took, um, a toll, um, on me. It took a toll on my family, on my child. It, everything has a cost. And I think if you have a supportive enough team around you and you have a supportive spouse and you have a supportive family unit, I think you're doing the world and yourself and those around you a disservice by not spending 12 to 14 to 16 hours in the basement, stringing fucking beads to your fingers bleed and like literally pounding them out with a hammer and smashing your thumb more times, ruining kitchen tables, going to trade shows you don't belong at, inserting yourself nowhere you think you need to be. And, and saying, fuck it if you don't like it, but I'm here because my friends need to stop fucking dying. And nobody cares. And this was at a time in my industry where there was only a handful of brands. And I say my industry, so I'm predominantly speaking fashion-related here right now. Um, I've kind of transitioned and pivoted out of that a little more. But my point is, during that time when I started this, you know, I walked into trade shows without tickets, going to retailers that I shouldn't be allowed to talk to because you don't have a booth and signing stores because it's needed to get done. Because I knew if I could write a check to a charity, one that is helping to prevent suicide or actually help with mental health, then I knew very for a fact that I was going to make a difference. And that's what I wanted to do. So I was going to do that. And that meant whatever that took, uh, that whatever that meant, I was going to do it. And we went from the kitchen table to a small room in the house to the entire basement to our warehouses and offices and and working with organizations now more as a um a lot of our stuff now in our space which is you know military mental health and podcast world you know more of our there's some of our stuff that's geared to that but we're pivoting more into like a mental health space where we'll have journals and these other things because you know 
adapt or die, right? And if I want to keep helping people, I have to keep evolving. But that takes work. That takes sacrifice. I think anyone can do this. This shit is not for the faint of heart, but you have to start. You have to be willing to start. Just start something. You got big tech's ordinance. I cannot tell you how much I love big tech's ordinance. I am building an AR-9 right now. Yes, I build a lot of guns. And one thing about them is I need a part. I need it now. I'm like part of that Amazon generation now. I may be closer to 50 than I am 40, but I need parts. So what I do is I go to bigtechsordinance.com. I say, hey, this is the part I need. And I look, and if it says it's live inventory, that means it's live. They have it. They're not going to wait to ship it from some other company, from some other country, anywhere. They have it in stock that day. I order it. Boom. It's most likely going to ship that day or the next business day. And I have it right away and I can complete my build. But if you don't, if you're not building a gun, you could also go there and buy guns. You could buy anything you want and have it shipped from FFL to FFL. Just a great company. So many veterans behind the scene and so much good going on there. So check out bigtexordinance.com. You got to have a mission. You know, you have to have a mission. I keep notebooks, journals everywhere. I'm always like paper. I have paper, paper and pens everywhere. I'm emailing myself. I have seven or eight different things going on to keep my brain focused Mm -hmm. on the mission. And my kids are my first mission. I don't care about anything else in the world. But in order for me to be positive, Jason, Jason is not in a dark cloud. Jason is not just can't get out of bed, Jason. I need to have a mission. My mission is podcasting and writing. Ryan is sheetrock shit show right now. I'm doing a lot of different things. It's yep. done. It's it, done. I'm living in it right now. Okay. Ryan's, Ryan's, you have to follow Ryan's social media tip of the spear because he's always working on his, the sheetrock. And Kelsey, the same thing with you. Now you're talking about getting into the podcast sphere. You're in the podcast sphere. Incredible <laughs> guests. Thanks. You know, that is like podcasting is therapy. And that's why oh, you, you probably like I tell everybody, I'm like, if you want to start a podcast, do it, stick to it, get yeah. past three or four episodes. That's why this whole year is my podcast here. I'll be putting out clips all the time. But Kelsey, just these conversations right now, you, I'm finding out something about something that I haven't known before about you, about Ryan, about just things that are going to help improve me and hopefully help improve the audience. How did you transition into the podcast space? Uh, yeah. So as you can tell, I talk a lot. Um, that's never been, uh, it's never been a thing that hasn't been for me since I've been a kid. So, you know, mom used to tell me, she tells this story all the time. She's like, one of your teachers told me you were going to do something with talking one day. And they're like, don't stop her. Just let her do it. And, uh, I mean, here we are. So I, uh, I, I, I enjoy talking. I got an opportunity, um, uh, with the brand, as the brand started to grow, it, it afforded me chances to be on different media. And um, as you can tell, I'm still very uncomfortable with it. <laughs> I don't know how to like describe it because I hate talking about myself. So this is weird. Um, so I got an opportunity uh, to go on Carson Daly's Mind Matter uh, show about mental health. And um, the episode before me was Logic. So I was like... <laughs> cool man and um, because of COVID they couldn't fly me to New York so we did it here and so we submitted all the footage for them but they're like you're going to talk to Carson and we want you to know we have some other things down the road that I have coming and like you know have you ever thought of doing a podcast and we said well funny enough like 
we actually wanted to start one a year later. So I wouldn't have started till this year, which I'm glad I didn't wait. But um, they said, you know, it'd be great, a great opportunity to talk about it because you're talking about mental health. And so why not use it? Use the opportunity. And so um, I said, okay. We didn't end up talking about it at all. <laughs> so we, we were supposed to talk for 30 minutes and shocker, it went to an hour and a half. Everyone could, everyone's surprised. And mm -hmm. um, the, so we started it and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to talk about mental health and I knew I wanted to have conversations the same way I have with my friends. And um, because I'm that friend, I'm the friend that texts you multiple times a week, annoying voice messages, and then just invades your life obsessively. <laughs> so I wanted to do that. So we did it. I had a, fortunately I had a studio, um, which was actually my design studio in my offices already. And so we converted it and turned it into a full blown deal. And, um, then COVID hit and <laughs> I couldn't have anybody to Canada. Um, so then I started doing zoom. And so mine's been, I've had to learn really, really quickly how to build a relationship with someone authentically through a computer. And I hate to admit it, but I think I've, I'm getting there, but I, I'm excited to start having more people in studio, which is great. Um, I just wanted, I wanted to talk to cool people and learn something. I think there's something to be said for individuals who are curious by nature or care about what's going on in the world um, outside of their small towns or their cities or their state or their whatever. Um, who just, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm going on a tangent here, and I apologize, but. Um, I see the world as an entire playground and there's no reason why borders matter yep. to me. I took, I took one thing away from what you were saying and it, it means a lot to me that you said it. And if you actually take the time to talk and actually listen to somebody, not hear them, but listen, you're going to learn something. And both you and Jason had hit on that about podcasting, which, um, really, you know, I, it, it's, it's awesome to hear that. So. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. Cause you know, for me, when this opportunity came up to kind of do this, I have no, I didn't know how I was going to be. I didn't really know I'd listened to shows, but I didn't, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there. And I think there's always, I, I mean, I was asking Jason before I'm pretty upfront, like, Hey, anything I could be doing better, like anything I should work on because I'm a self-improvement person. I want to better always, always in every way. Yeah. And I think, the podcast world offers an opportunity to continually better yourself and that through guests, through talking and learning about other people's stories and not just being like, tell me about your life and what you're selling now, sir. It's like, tell me, <laughs> hey, tell me your deep, dark secrets. I want to know why you act the way you act. I want to know. I want to know why you? you chose that university. I want to know why you think the way you think. I want to know why you feel the way you feel. I want your knowledge and I want you to insert it into my brain because selfishly, it makes me a better person to learn. I love fucking mm -hmm. learning because then I can be better for my kid and I can be better for those around me and I can be better in my community. And it's about community to me. So if I could spread messages that were positive of people that had incredible stories that people can be like, holy shit, that's me too. I can do that. And the, or I could be like, I got a resource that helped change and better me and my mental health or holy fuck, psychedelics are healing veterans all over the world and nobody wants to talk about it. Wait, everyone's talking about it now because it's fucking amazing and we should be. Then yes, I want to do that. But yes. I just, 
I want people to feel connected. I don't want people to feel alone. I don't want people to feel like they can't see themselves in someone. So that's why I talk mm -hmm. to all different types of human beings because they're all beautiful in different ways, you know? Yep. Yeah. My thing too with the podcast is I don't chase clout anymore. I want to do why exactly though, right? Yeah. I want to have good conversations with people. I always tell people, I'm like, I've had 99.9% of my guests have been great. The ones that sucked, they didn't, I never aired their show because they were just there to self promote. And I'm like, really? Oh, you've done that? Oh, I've, I've done it. Done uh, yeah. <laughs> but I've been, I, I'm a 300 or something episode. So you got to say, fact, get I, some, never saw my, I never saw my podcast. Oh, we should have, you guys should have talked about that before this. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that, Ryan. That's another whole story. We'll talk about that offline. But um, yeah, the thing is, is having good conversations with people. And I, I need to learn. I need to, as soon as we get off here, I'll probably be do a little editing, but I'll be on YouTube all the time because I need to learn something new about the, to become an expert in this sphere. Mm -hmm. And with podcasting, it's like every time I talk to people, I'm like, I'm just amazed. I'm like, they've taken themselves out of such horrific events and now they're like at the almost at the top of their game and it's are they've like they've been bottom top bottom top and they're, they keep going and it amazes me like and it, it gives me hope that maybe someone listening to this will be like huh maybe i should check that out maybe i should do that the other thing too is having so many different guests and how many different people it's a network it's a big Absolutely. network. So like right now, like if I have a vet that's in Canada or if I have a vet who's having issues and they're thinking about cannabis or psychedelics or something, I know where to point them to. Uh, same thing with Ryan going through such four IED events and being able to understand your weaknesses and being able to reflect on it and go, man, maybe I was an asshole. Cause I tell you, you know what, Ryan, when you said that I, the past few days I've been thinking about it, like, I look back at me in the past 10 years. And I'm like, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, God, that guy's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it happens all the time. And if you don't think you're an asshole, you're nobody's perfect. <laughs> there's, some, yeah. there's always a point where you're an asshole and you don't realize it. I mean, that's like your president. He just called somebody a son of a bitch. Yeah. And nobody, he doesn't realize he's an asshole. We need to stop being an so, asshole. So like for me, for me, um, like I'm an asshole sometimes just by trait because, um, stupid people just get that reaction from me. Um, I haven't learned how to turn off the whole green gray thing, but when I was actually looking back on my life and this is what hurts the most, but you can do something about that. I looked back and I said, wow, you are not a good person. So mm. you can be an asshole if you want, but not being a good person, not being a good human being, that's, that's a dagger right there. And that's, yeah. that's what different. And I, Yep. And I knew that before I got blown up, I was not a good person. And so, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was not a, um, not a fun, uh, self reflection when you think, when you think you're going towards the light or whatever it is. <laughs> but I mean, what an opportunity to, uh, change to your life. To, yeah, man, just change your life, but turn that around. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have you on the show because I'm curious to to hear your, um, your story a little more because mm -hmm. I just interviewed, um, at shot, I interviewed Jose Martinez, triple mm -hmm. amputee. Um, and we, my God, there is something, I don't know, maybe if it's, it, it's maybe it's just, you've been humbled by life in a way that most can't ever describe. So 
there is something about people though that have been through something like that. The way they come out the other end is insane. It is the most beautiful light I've ever seen. Like I sat with him and I was in tears legitimately being like, dude, your, your, your positivity hurts me. Like it's so it's insane. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. Um, I'm glad that you've got the opportunity, man, to just, to do that for yourself. Yeah. The problem is, is, um, it could be the most beautiful thing. Unfortunately, what we're dealing with right now is there, there are people that take the other route and I could, I could go on for forever about my opinions on that. And a lot of people, um, it, they could be offensive opinions on, on, on that route. And it's not coming on, on just the, um, becoming a victim of your circumstance, becoming entitled to the situation that you've been through and letting that injury or letting that, um, incident circumstance, whatnot in life change you to make you, um, a, a, a bad person. A lot of people will go down that route. And, and I've talked to quite a few of them about owning, owning the situation and, and, and the dangers of victimization and entitlement, not because I'm better than anybody, but because I was there and I very, I was very close to the 22 a day at a point in my life and, and through my injury. And so I can, I, I, I talk through that lens, but, um, but yeah, I get it. No, we, Jason and I just had this before yeah. you came on. We just had this conversation. I don't, I don't disagree with you. There is definitely um, a victim mentality. Like, no, I don't think it's offensive to talk about that either. I mean, I've talked very openly about that with widows. I've talked very openly mm-hmm. about that with people who have taken family members and then their family member has taken their own life and how they feel about that and why people don't understand or why they think it's okay, not okay for them to be angry. Yeah. You know, there is a different perspective on everything and it's more than okay to discuss those things because when you don't discuss those things, because you're not coming at it from like a negative, like fuck you stance, you're coming at it from like a, Hey man, we don't have to be like this. We can be better. I'm here to try to fucking help you. So let me, you know, let me be heard in a positive way. I don't think you mean it in an offensive way. There's plenty of people in this space that trust me, like if you're in the space, you'll know. So it's, it is hard. It is frustrating to mm-hmm. see because I understand the 22 a day shit, my dude. I got you on that trust. And yeah. I know what you're saying. So you don't, I think you should always talk openly and candidly about those things because then it doesn't make a taboo to talk about in the, in the community. And the more you talk, yeah. the better people feel they can fucking open up. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very open with it. <laughs> Jason, J- Jason got to, got, got to hear uh, my mental health aspect and I won't name names, but um, one of my buddies that killed himself. Um, he was the one that was always talking shit about guys that would do it. Um, he's fucking selfish. Yeah. What a, and excuse my language, what a pussy, no. what this, Oh, that, no. yeah, he couldn't hack. Le- and then, and he was no. the one that was hurting. He was the one that was hurting the most inside. And I learned it's a lot. A- <laughs> I learned a lot when he actually, when he did it. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but I know what you're but saying. But everybody can... has though. Everybody has. I know. And that's the fucked up and we don't need to. That's the thing. It doesn't need to be an option. Yep. That's exactly what Kelsey and I were talking about. It was like, yep. everybody, we, we all know somebody we, it's happening all yep. the time. And now with the law enforcement thing, I, you know, I fuck man, it pisses me off so much because this is one of those events where I, I'm not going to name the network, 
But I went out and I, I paid my own dime. I went out and recorded nine episodes about law enforcement suicide. And the show is going to be called You're Killing Me. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, you're the stigma. Oh, that's a great name. And not, oh, and I'm going to use, hey, everybody, we're trademarking that sucker right Trademark. now. We're going to do Because <laughs> go. God knows if anybody knows about that. But I, I did nine episodes about it and I interviewed all these people that were in law enforcement. And about how the stigma and going forward with your chain of command and you could lose your job and this, your gun. Who wants to lose their fucking gun? I nope. openly talk about when I was suicidal now because I don't give a fuck. Listen, mm-hmm. I've been in this game 22 years. I went through the darkest period of my life about a decade ago where I was numb and I just I didn't care if I had kids or not. I just so numb. Yeah. But that's yep. the thing. I, I wanted to do that show. They never whoever the, the producer or the owner of the network didn't want to produce it because of some bullshit with my uh, co-host that, you know, it's just, but nine episodes and we're going to have a whole series about it. And it's just the stigma that comes along with it is going away, but you still right. got these fucking assholes out there in chains of command, whether it's military oh. or law enforcement, they're like, Oh, you're a pussy. And they're mm-hmm. the ones that have never done shit in their life. Never. Yep. Dude, I had a cop show up at my door Friday night. Nobody knows this. I'll tell you guys this. Um, after SHOT Show, I flew home. I'm not kidding. This is a real story. Fun fact for everyone. This is going to highlight my point, your point exactly. Um, showed up at my door. Somebody called the cops of me driving home saying I was driving erratically. I'm a dickhead and guess what? My car can drive itself. So it was driving myself home. So I wasn't going that erratic. He shows up, puts his foot in my door. Like I open the door, right? I'm home. 10 minutes, maybe 15 doorbell rings, put his foot in my door. I want to see your ID. Uh, sorry, sir. Uh, you can take your foot out of my door. Uh, this is my property. And why are you here? And this is eight o'clock at night. And he goes, I'm the one talking here. And I mean, he's fucking, he's revving. Like, you know, when you feel someone's energy and you're like, whoo, Sir, you are about to pop off. I can feel that at any moment, and I'm not here for this. So I prepped, I I you know, repeated myself about 16 times, and then he kept getting higher and higher. And I said, listen, I'm going to pull the card. Listen, you got a fucking gun. I don't. You're making me uncomfortable. I'm a vet. I struggle with this. Back the fuck up. One of these, right? And so he finally backs up, and he goes, well, big rah-rah, I'm a veteran too, PTSD, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Seriously, I have this all on camera. It's the best. That's what makes it even much, <laughs> so much mm. better. Um, and uh, I said, listen, I'm going to shut my door right now and you're going to get your foot out. I'm going to go grab my ID and we're going to try this again. So we do that. I give it to him. And he, he's popping off. Hey, you were driving erratic. I'm like, ah, I got cameras on my car, homie. No, I don't. Like, you're not, we're not going to do this right now. And then he goes, where did you serve? All revved up. And I told him, right? And then he calms down a bit. And I said, how about you back up and how about you take your mask off so I can see what your fucking face looks like, number one. And let's try, let's, let's, let's talk about why you're acting this way. And he got real taken back because this is a thing I do, Ryan, if you don't know this. Yeah. I'll, I'll just like <laughs> see right through you and be like, hey, I see you're struggling with something, homie. Let's have a conversation about it. Like in yep. the middle of like life. And um, I did that. He got real uncomfortable, took his mask off. And by the end of it, 30 minutes later, he's crying in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I go up and I grab one of our bracelets I just had left over in my bag and um, I gave it to him and I said, listen, you call anytime you need. And when, when the cop goes to like, I like, he like makes jokes, like popping humans off around my area, like all the time, like it's no big deal and like drinking problems. And also this dude carries a gun and like hates civilians. 
you know, that's sketchy. That's a fucking problem. And he said to me at one point, this was the line I remember. And that's what made me tell you this story was he goes, look at me. I'm fucking crying over here like a little pussy. Yep. I said, no, man, you're not a pussy. (laughs) You're not. I said, the fact that you think that this can't be a normal conversation, you think that this is weird, that this is not allowed to happen. This is the fucking problem, my friend. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the problem. That's the problem with law enforcement and a military. Obviously it's in the military. We know that we know because mm-hmm. we all know about the pat on the back. You know, you're the, either you're a young captain or you're, you're an E5, E6 and someone high above Sergeant major or, or fucking Colonel Patsy on the back says, if you don't fuck up, you're going to move up. And then mm-hmm. you just become yeah. that guy, that guy or girl. <laughs> yeah. And the same way in law enforcement, God knows I've been in DC for, a fucking decade now and if anybody googles my name that's listening to this first time you'll know about my history with the u.s government i'm hey i'm a patriot i'm <laughs> Super a patriot awesome. through and through. <laughs> i'm a patriot through and through but the problem is i don't believe in shit leadership and i believe if someone yeah. that i work with whether it's a co-worker below me above me or anything is having issues that they need help with they need to go you know yeah. for a long time you know i was I went through some shit with the government and I went and got counseling with the first counselor I had sucked shit. I went to another one sucked another one, another one, fifth one. And I stayed with that one for a while. And I tell the story all the time about this, this counselor. Why? Because we hit it off. It was an older lady and she started talking to me about zombies. I'm like, oh, I can <laughs> yeah. yes. talk zombies all day long. <laughs> yes. But every time I went to those sessions, I got something out of it. And I think if you ever want to get help, to get help, they're passing laws mm-hmm. now where you can go forward. You you know, I always paid out of pocket 75 to 150 just because I didn't want it on any record. And I always thought that was really? bullshit. Yeah, I, I didn't want any record because, you know, with, with my clearances at the time with the top secret SCI and all the other bullshit, you never know. You just don't know. And Ryan with contracting okay. with everything else, you just. Yeah. Stepping forward to get. Oh yeah, help. Ryan would not have been able to continue contracting. That would have yeah, been a hard just, pass. And that's yeah, the thing. TSSCI, Poly, all that stuff. Yeah, might not have been ideal for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, we we need to change that bullshit. And hey, you know what? I'm here in DC. I retired. Let, let me look for five three hundred and forty nine days. Don't say things like that to me. My cat, I got so long. No, no, you so don't. Far to go. I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not retiring. I'm gonna go into another job. Gotta yeah. pay the bills and I'm gonna podcast. I teach college on a side too. What? Uh, yeah, I do a bunch of shit. Write books. You're one of the college. nation's leaders, huh? No. I you know, and that's the other <laughs> no. thing is college. I'm like, ugh. You know, I, I, know. I believe in trades. I believe in we don't need to be all educated up. You know, I was very fortunate to have the GI Bill post pre and voc rehab. So I paid mm-hmm. for, you know, everything all the way up to my doctorate. Yeah. But you don't need it. Go to trade school. Get a good job. Yeah. Learn something that you want to do. The only thing, like I, I tried college. I bounced. I tried college again. Bounced short of two credits. The only thing I did complete out of like the military was um, paramedicine, like being a paramedic. Yeah. But that's, and then I jumped into this. Like I mean, I got medically released when I was 21 and I got injured on deployment when I was 19 and I joined when I was 18, like in that fucking short chunk of time. I mean, 
I thought <laughs> thought I had big yeah. dreams there. And, you know, what are you supposed to do with that afterwards? You don't often they don't. I think now they're they're trying and they're attempting and doing a better job of like telling people how to do this when they get out. And I think there's so many more resources and um, amazing community members that are like, hey, if you watch my YouTube, I kind of explain how do you go get a, you know, your GI bill. I explain like if you just t- if you if you want it. If, if people want it or they're well enough, but that's, those are the two keys, right? Number one, you got to be well enough. And the majority of people that are coming out that are GWAP vets that are fucking, there's a, there's something to everyone, right? If you've deployed, if you've seen any sort of combat, or even if you haven't deployed and there's been other issues in the military, right? That caused plenty of trauma. I mean, my God, um, you know, people are, there's some, there's something for everyone, right? There's yep. something for everyone. And uh, it's nice to see, uh, the community kind of step up and go, okay, well, we're seeing other vets that are just not figuring it out. They just need someone to kind of just I'll, under the wing a little for a couple of years and then we'll let you fly again. But it's just other people that have done it. And that's kind of what happened to me though, too. Right. I, I had, a another, um, ranger kind of take me under his wing and it was really a big catalyst point for me in my own healing and that, and if I didn't have that, I honestly don't, I don't know where I'd be. I, I, I'm dead fucking serious. Like I'm talking about the psychedelic stuff. I mean, that was a, a big turning point for me doing this podcast that when you brought that one of the sponsors owns one of the companies, a, a Griff from combat flip flops. I talk about him. I talk about him fucking frequently because he took me under his wing and was like, Hey, I see you're hurting. And how do I get you hooked up with heroic hearts? How do I get you, you know, do you want it? Was this something you want to try? And at the time I was fucking desperate. And yep. I tried it and my world flips upside down in the most <laughs> incredible, incredible way. And now I feel like, how dare I not pay it forward? How dare I not give the gift of patience? Cause it's not the truth that patience is like the best and, and biggest gift you could ever give someone the patience of you teaching or being there or listening. It's yeah. so anyway, mm-hmm. so I, I get it. I mean, sometimes in this community, we, we don't need to always push going to another four-year school and doing a doctorate. And if you can't afford it, you don't know how to do it. Like, And you, that's not your deal. Then don't fucking do that. There's plenty of jobs out there, especially mm. in our space. Tons and tons and tons that pay amazing money. And um, most of the time, if you just go up and you say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm I'm this and I'm trying to better myself, like people will give you a chance. But people are too afraid to ask for the chance. And they need to just be willing to just fucking ask. You know yeah. what? Right there. Just ask and start early. You know, you're getting out six months, a year, or you don't all of a sudden, boom, you're, you got medical, you're going to get medical discharge. Ask for help. I Mm -hmm. I don't, I will never turn down anybody asking for help unless they're a complete shit bag. And I know they're a complete shit bag, (laughs) but then I'll just put them on to someone else. I'm just kidding. That's one thing about this podcast realm and, and having these discussions, especially when it comes to, I love small business now. The only reason I ever got all this education because I was still planning on making the government my full time career until I was whatever, till they kicked me out. <laughs> but I can't use it anymore. I'll never go anywhere in the government. I know that. Um, so now I'm I'm all about like building something that's different. And you know that's going to be my last question with you today, or I shouldn't say question. My last conversation with you today is your branding. You're becoming incredible. You're not becoming you are incredible at the branding thing for one is social media social media engagement your brand your is using a lot of different types of models and stuff like that people have a lot of awareness you look at the guy yeah it's very professional the hat 
Let's talk the hat. Where did this start? And let's 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 end off with the hat. Okay. I love it. Unless oh and if Ryan has Ryan can have his last follow on. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the hat. Uh, yeah. I I I don't know, man. I loved wearing a beret. I loved wearing uh, my helmet. I, I wore a helmet my whole life when I was a fighter in Taekwondo. I fucking had that thing on my head twenty four seven. And then I went from that to like a beret and a military helmet. And then I went from the military helmet, you know, um, to like a motocross helmet. And I wear a lot of different hats in my life. And I'm fairly symbiotic with all of them. And I, I just think it's just a different hat. It's just a different hat. And I just, um, I figured, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, uh, very me and I'm going to do it, uh, it, just the way I want to do it. And if that means I look like, uh, as some of my friends say, poltergeist or, the human coming out of the shining or Alanis Morissette, or, you know, they give me all of them. So I trust me, if you, if you've, if there's a joke out there, I've heard it, but it's me. And, um, you know, it's just, it's almost like a weird comfort blanket in a way I put it on. I, and I'm able to be this, it's almost like a fucking superhero cape for me. I know it sounds cheesy, but Hey, whatever works. Right. And, um, yeah. I got lucky. I, I had a hat I was wearing. I just thought I just purchased on my own, um, around here. It was a company from Australia and, um, one of my retailers sells them and I was like, I'll wear, I would love to wear it. And she's like, sure. And I, you know, tag her in the photos for the store. And then, um, the fashion awards came around and, uh, it, they wanted me to spend a lot of money on, uh, renting an outfit because they're like, you know, wear a Canadian designer. And like, that shit's expensive, homie. Like they're like a couple grand a dress and like, it's virtual. So like, no, they're like, just wear a Canadian designer. I'm like, jokes on you. So then what I did is just went topless completely and wore just jewelry, like Mr. T and my black hat. And it went well. And so I, um, I, I found a Canadian hat company. They were amazing. They made me my original black, my OG black big rim hat. Um, Femel, and they were big supporters of me. And then um, I decided, you know, I, wanna, I want a little more edge. And uh, I got an incredible fucking opportunity to have Gage Spees on the podcast from Daisy May. He's the owner. And um, I was like, hey, I'm really digging your hats. And he's like, how much are you digging my hats? And I'm like, I just only want to wear yours. And he's like, I like it. And then he made me a hat. And uh, now um, my show is sponsored by Daisy May. And uh, I only wear their hats. And um, I get another one in the summer. And I'm really excited. And they, they, he makes them custom for me. And they become a part of my life and a part of me. And I will tell you, though, they are the difference maker when you walk into a fucking room and everybody looks the same and I'm the only motherfucker with a hat on. I'm telling you that shit works. So I mm -hmm. am here for it and I love them and I'm stoked on it and it'll it's it's here to stay. I don't have a forehead. No one knows about it. No one needs to know about it. But hats <laughs> are the thing, man. And branding for the show. I mean, and for everything else we do, I'm I got a team. I've got a really incredible team that sounds, you know it's true. People say whatever, but it's true. I've got a husband who's an incredible designer who, uh, we not got him nominated, um, for, we put him forward for design because, um, we own the rights to put a bullet on anything. Um, we put bullets in the temples of our sunglasses for God's sakes. I mean, I'm not fucking kidding. Uh, nice. It's pretty yeah. badass. I yeah. Like and I put them on all of our jewelry and then we <laughs> use them as awareness pieces. So like, I think my design comes a lot from him. Um, I've got people who, you know, I love tattoos as you can tell. And I think, I think everyone's starting to get into them now, but from like a marketing standpoint, I love the edge of my stuff. I love the edge on people. I love that 
People can go wear it when they go to the Met and they can wear it when they go to a rock show. I love it when people feel like they can express themselves with my stuff. And um, I love it the most because it starts a conversation because mostly when somebody walks by and goes, is that a bullet on your neck or on your bracelet? You're like, I guess it is. Let me tell you why mental health matters here. So, you know, if, you know, design and all of that, that's always, I can't take a lot of credit for a lot of this. You know, I had a, I have an incredible team around me. who's like, this is how I don't articulate well what I want. Um, I use visuals. And so I go, I like this and I like this and I like this. And then we go from there. And that's how I how we got our branding going the way we did. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, man. So that's all I got, Ryan. What do you got? Anything? No, no. It's a no. It's a fascinating. Um, you know your your life. Uh, I I think when people say you know <clears throat> your life is a fascinating story or something like that, I'm kind of like it's it's not a story. It's it's real. So, <laughs> but but you, uh, you are, you're real and you're raw. And, um, Sorry. And, and that, <laughs> well, no, but you can tell, um, your message, your message comes from experience and it comes from the fact that you, um, you've been there and you've been to, you, you've chased the dragon. You've been to the deepest parts, the darkest parts of the, of, you know, of the dungeon of your life or whatnot like that. You've climbed out and then you've been knocked back down again. And then you climbed out and then, Oh, Hey, guess what? It's fucking life. You got knocked back down again. And, and so when I, when I listen to you and I listen to the words you're saying, uh, you're not an easy person to hear you demand, listen. And that's, and that's absolutely, that that's incredible. You're, you're very, um, <clears throat> you're captivating personality that comes from like, you can be a captivating personality. Like, wow, you know what? that person's just a great person who gives a shit. <laughs> you are a captivating personality through, through um, trial and error and through life experiences. And I got to I got to tell you, it's yeah, you're a, uh, <laughs> you're pretty badass. I appreciate you guys letting me listen on. Cause, Thank cause you. yeah, you, you definitely, you are a person you listen to. You don't just hear you. Oh shit. Well, thank you. That's, yeah. uh, that's one of the nicest things I've ever had said to me. Uh, that, <laughs> It's weird and amazing at the same time. Thanks, yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, I mean, you're you are... you're pretty all right too. Ryan. <laughs> oh, you know what? Everybody, before we give a closing out to Kelsey, check out Ryan's book, Tip of the Spear, the Incredible Story of an Injured Green Berets Return to Battle by Ryan Hendrickson. And when you look at the cover, tell me if that does not look like Ryan is is he flexing or is he holding a mic to his mouth? And if you just <laughs> drop a comment below. And tell me what that is. Uh, but everybody, please check out Tip of the Spear. It's available now everywhere books are sold. Also, Kelsey, check out Kelsey at Brass and Unity, at Brass and Unity on Instagram, and also BrassandUnity.com. Incredible, incredible swag on there. I'm going to check it out myself. And then she had a recent guest named Matthew Lich. Lich? Is it Lich? Yeah, Matthew oh Lich. Oh, my gosh. My Leech. homie. Yeah. From Band of Brothers. I'm like, cause, okay, this is a weird. Okay, so. My Jeep is a 2016, so it still has a DVD player in it. Uh-huh. So I always have Band of Brothers in there. So when I'm waiting for the kids or something, I you know, I just pop in and I start watching it. And I saw you had him mm -hmm. on there. So please check out Kelsey's podcast as well. I've had uh, Neil McDonough on as well. I need Neil McDonough on the show. Yeah, I've had him on. He's and uh... I need Matthew on the show as well. Well, hey, I got you. Okay. 
everybody, please tune in. Protectors Podcast, everywhere podcasts are sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh.